This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 581, a horse tip daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by FeedXL.com, online nutrition software. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from Dr. Jenny Johnson, who runs the Oak Hill Shockwave and Veterinary Chiropractic Center that is based in Calabasas, California. Committed to the maintenance of performance horses as well as family pets, she strives to keep the animals at their peak health through the use of shockwave therapy and chiropractic care. Today's tip is an overview of joint therapy, and this tip comes with a science content warning. But first, a word from today's sponsor, FeedXL.com. Poor Gypsy is suffering from horse envy. He's the new kid in the pasture and can't get over the stamina and shape of his fellow stallmates. Rumors around the barn point to FeedXL. It seems their owner has been online and discovered the FeedXL nutrition tool. That means Gypsy's in for a big transformation. The other horses have been telling Gypsy all about the changes made to their diet and how FeedXL has improved their overall well-being. When it comes to your horse's diet... Conflicting advice can result in overfeeding and money wasted. With a FeedXL nutrition tool, enter your horse's weight, diet, and activity level to get started. It'll allow you to see where your horse's diet stands and give you the opportunity to revise it until it's balanced. FeedXL has the latest science backing them up, allowing you to take charge of your horse's diet with an easy-to-use nutrition tool, taking the guesswork out of what to feed your horse. It's almost like Gypsy has his own personal nutritionist right at the barn. Visit FeedXL.com for a simple and easy nutrition tool to balance your horse's diet for optimum health. Now, enjoy today's tip, which is an excerpt from the Jumping Radio Show, Episode 96, hosted by Chris Stafford. Dr. Jenny Johnson from Calabasas, California, is a regular contributor to the Horse Radio Network, not only with her tips, but also her case studies. And this is a series that we began in December on joint therapies. Well, hi, Jenny. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Chris. How are you today? Doing great, thanks. And looking forward to this next installment. What do you have for us today by way of joint therapies? You know, we started out uh, last session just having a bit of an overview of the physiology of the joint so that our listeners would have an understanding of what uh, transpires in the normal joint homeostasis and then how that changes with inflammation. And now I want to move into uh, different treatment options. And certainly one of the most common treatment options and something that probably most of our listeners are uh, at least familiar with uh, in terms of hearing about it is the use of corticosteroids intraarticularly. Now, when I say intraarticularly, that refers to within the joint. Intra means in, and articular refers to anything in the joint. So I potentially will use that just so our listeners are aware of that. Now, the first use of corticosteroids, the first reported use of corticosteroids intraarticularly in horses and interestingly in cows also was reported in 1955. So they've been used for quite some time. Uh, it's been very commonly used. And over the years, there's been a significant amount of research uh, done into the use of intraarticular corticosteroids. And we've learned uh, quite a bit more about the variation in the therapeutic effects and also the deleterious or damaging effects of some of the common used products, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, all of that today. 
Now, one of the first questions that uh, I would like to answer is, you know, what is the mechanism of action of the corticosteroids or how do they work? And the the corticosteroids are very potent anti-inflammatory agents, and that's the crux of why they're used in joints. They inhibit the inflammatory process at all levels. The inflammatory process or the inflammatory cascade is a very complex series of events that happens when there's trauma or injury, and it's the body's uh, effort to respond to that in an effort to heal that situation. And in many cases, that inflammation can become overwhelming and can certainly inhibit the animal's function, and it's important to address that inflammation. And steroids can be very effective at addressing that inflammation because, as I said, they inhibit the process at multiple levels as opposed to just one site, as as do some other uh, anti-inflammatories. And so what, what would be the specific indications for using corticosteroids in a joint? The, the primary indication for using corticosteroids in a joint would be for the treatment of traumatic synovitis and capsulitis. Now, synovitis refers to an inflammation of the synovium or the lining of the joint itself, and then capsulitis would refer to an inflammation of the joint capsule. So this is an inflammation of the soft tissue structures, essentially. Now, both of these uh, inflammatory uh, conditions, synovitis and capsulitis, are extremely important because two two reasons. One, they have a direct functional effect in that it will cause significant pain and will restrict the function of the horse. Uh, but also, it uh, is in, they're involved in the release of several harmful mediators that can lead to the degradation of the articular cartilage and subsequently arthritis. And as we talked about previously, the uh, health of the articular cartilage is important because it plays a, an important role in the lubrication and cushioning in the joint. And once you lose that articular cartilage, that's irreversible. So it is important to control the synovitis and capsulitis and corticosteroids can be very useful as part of that therapy. Now, we're going to talk about some of the different products that are available and and also the choices and some of the research that's gone into those products in terms of which ones can be helpful, which ones may have some damaging effects. The most commonly used steroids today that are available to use intraarticularly are betamethasone, which is, has the trade name of Celestone, triamcinolone, which has the trade name of Zetalog, methylprednisolone acetate, which has the trade name Depomedrol, and isofluprodone acetate, which has the trade name of Predef. Now, that, all of these products have an some still continue to be used frequently in joints and have a very potent anti-inflammatory effect. Now, there's been concern over the years about damaging effects of corticosteroids in the joint. Now, they've done some significant or numerous studies at Colorado State. Uh, Dr. Wayne McElrath has been a leader in, in performing much of the research into joint therapy, and they've done a number of studies evaluating uh, corticosteroids or intraarticular use of corticosteroids. And I'm going to summarize some of the basically two key points that have come out, come out of some of their more recent research. Uh, the use of betamethasone or celestone in their uh, arthritis model has not been shown to have any harmful effects in, on articular cartilage. And in, in addition, even horses that were exercised after 
the uh, injection of beta-methasone into the joints did not have any harm, did not show any harmful effects on the articular cartilage. And I think that's a really important point to note is that there certainly are corticosteroids that can be used in the joint that do not have a harmful effect and can have a very beneficial effect. But the choice of the corticosteroid is very important. In contrast to the beta-methasone or the celestone is methylprednisone acetate, also known as depomedrol. That has been used in the past, but the use of it now is dramatically reduced from what it had been previously, and that's largely related to uh, studies that have come out indicating that it, that it does have some damaging effects in the joint. Uh, at Colorado State and Dr. McElroy's studies, they found that it, it did have an effect in terms of decreasing the lameness, but it was not a significant uh, reduction in lameness, but it did have significant uh, deleterious or damaging effects on the articular cartilage and particularly repetitive injection, uh, joint injection with Depomedrol in exercising horses significantly alters the mechanical integrity of the articular cartilage. So I think at this point, it's fairly safe to say there are very few indications for the use of uh, Depomedrol in uh, intraarticular injections in the horse. Uh, There may be certain cases where it's used as a one-time therapy or sometimes it's used in lower hock joints, but certainly any joint where there's motion, uh, where you want motion, which is most of the joints, uh, methylprednisolone acetate or depomedrol would be contraindicated in most of those cases. So I think that's important for our listeners to understand. Now, the duration of action of these steroids is, is variable. It's, it's poorly defined, so we really don't know how long they last. They've, they've done some sort of categorization in terms of uh, saying they're you know, short-term, long-term, or intermediate-term, uh, and, and without really clearly defining what those, those terms would be. But beta-methasone, uh, the celestone, and the depomedrol both fall in the intermediate to long-acting uh, class. Triamcinolone or Vetalog is considered an intermediate duration of action, and PREDAF is considered a short to intermediate um, lasting steroid. So again, poorly defined, not, not significantly helpful in terms of saying, well, this is, you know, I, I, no way can a veterinarian say this is going to last exactly this long. And, and that's the case with most medications, but certainly with corticosteroids in the joints, that can be it's just kind of a range and it's going to vary with each horse and each uh, individual case and the severity of the situation that's being treated. Now, there is, uh, we've talked about last time about planning the therapy for joints, uh, this, the strategy that is appropriate for each horse. Again, always keeping in mind that what is best for the horse uh, and is, has to be kept at the top of the list, as well as having a long-term view uh, over the horse's career and having keeping that in perspective and, and how the joint therapies will affect um, the long-term performance of the horse. And we talked about using different joint therapies in combination. And uh, certainly one of the combinations that's used frequently is, is a hyaluronin product or a hyaluronic acid in combination with a steroid. There, and there have been some studies done uh, in humans using a combination of hyaluronin and triamcinolone or Betalog. And that the study that has been done in humans has indicated that that combination may be beneficial. And in the horse, it's commonly used, and it's logical to assume that it would be a useful combination. You're combining the anti-inflammatory effects of the the steroid, the Vetalog, uh, with the chondroprotective effects of the hyaluronin, which, as you may recall, provided a boundary, it was what's called a boundary lubricant. It provides lubrication 
uh, in the joint. So the combination of decreasing the inflammation via the corticosteroid, therefore uh, improving the functional capacity of the joint while also enhancing the lubrication, that, that's really the type of therapy that we want to address where you have that combination. In many cases, that combination is very important. Again, each case has to be uh, evaluated individually, but there certainly is a, a logical uh, sense that that may be, uh, may be well borne out in, in clinical trials. Now, certainly another thing that I'd like to address is the concern about the complication of laminitis after the use of corticosteroids. There, a number of years ago, there was a study that, that came out that indicated uh, using up to 18 milligrams of triamcinolone or Vetalog was considered safe. Uh, and so for many years, that has been the standard that veterinarians have used uh, in when injecting joints. They won't go over that amount of Vetalog in the horse. There has been a more recent study that actually has shown no correlation at all between the occurrence of laminitis and the intraarticular use of Vetalog. Again, this is one study. It was a fairly extensive study involving a fairly large number of horses, uh, and it, but it specifically refers to the intraarticular use, not systemic. In other words, it's put directly into the joint, and it also is using just triamcinolone. So with that combination, that does seem to open up the door a bit more for uh, larger quantities of, of Vetalog to be safely used in the horse uh, intraarticularly. Again, we'll, I'm sure going forward there may be additional studies, but that has, has been a fairly significant study and um, provides some very good information there. And so I think this kind of gives our listeners a little bit of an overview of you know, why corticosteroids are used, what they do, what the different products are, and how the choice of corticosteroid is important. Again, remembering that the depomedrol is probably not indicated very frequently intraarticularly in the horse, but products like betamethasone and uh, triamcinolone or Vetalog uh, seem to be relatively safe to use in the horse and can have some very beneficial effects. So I think that's where we'll leave it for talking about corticosteroids. Hopefully that's provided some information for our listeners. And uh, at our next installment, I'm going to be talking about what are called physiology modifiers. Thank you very much, Dr. Johnson and Chris Stafford at the Jumping Radio Show. I do not yet know what a physiology modifier is, but in a few weeks, I'm going to. So stay tuned here on the Horse Tip Daily Show because we will be posting that excerpt as well. To listen to all of Dr. Johnson's tips, go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop-down menu on the left. You can also learn more about Dr. Johnson's practice by going to her website, equineshockwave.com. As I said, this expert excerpt is from the Jumping Radio Show, and if it has piqued your curiosity, surf on over to jumpingradio.com and listen to more episodes that cover just about everything show jumping from every angle. And don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they really do make these podcasts possible. Today's sponsor has been FeedXL.com, online nutrition software. Go and sign up today. Your horse's health will thank you. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like us to cover on the show. You can subscribe to all of the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zoom and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zoom, or MP3 player. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse!
The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. 